Hey, man, what's going on? It's Bill Burr, and it's time for the Thursday afternoon just before Friday, Monday morning podcast. And I'm just checking in on fucking you. What's going on? How are you? Oh, shit, it's Thursday. Dude, it's fucking payday. Gonna fucking go to to D'Angelo's and get a fucking steak and cheese. Fucking barbecue chips. Always hated barbecue chips. Never tasted good. You know, you just go, you gotta go with the originals. That's what I do. Once a week I go out and I get myself a, I get myself a nice fucking sandwich. Right? With an orange Fanta and chips. That's what I did yesterday. Yesterday afternoon I had a little bit of a window. Because this, because this is the new me. Now I realize that I'm, I'm fucking. I do too much. Hey, Bill, you're doing too much. Why don't you fucking take it down a little bit? Yeah, I'm a fucking lunatic. You could give me 24 hours off, and I will, before I even get my fucking foot. My pasty, freckled foot out of bed. I will think of things that will tie me up until at least four in the afternoon. Oh, I got the whole day off. Oh, maybe I'll do this. And I'll do this. And I'll fucking do this. That's what the fuck I do. Because if I don't fill up the day, then I have to sit there and be alone with my own thoughts. That's what it is. I always thought for years I was driven. I thought I was I thought I was an achiever. I wasn't. I wasn't. I was just depressed. So I was trying to get away from it. Cause like all good German Irish people, you're not gonna sit there and, and live with your emotions. You're gonna fucking run just in front of them, you know? Your emotions are like some overbearing dad that's trying to live his sports dream through you, making you do road work at like five in the morning. He's got his head out the window yelling at you, and you're just trying to stay a little bit in front of the car so maybe the yelling doesn't sound so loud. <laughs> that's what the fuck I've been doing. So I cannot tell you how hard it is for me to just sit down in an afternoon and eat a sandwich with a bag of chips and an orange Fanta and not reach for my phone. Like to just fucking sit there. I, 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 I can't do it. Like I kept going, okay, leave the phone alone. Leave the phone alone. And my hand went like a fucking crackhead. I'm just, I just go over and fucking reach for the thing. Um. Yeah, it's pretty wild, man. It's pretty wild realizing. You know, I always knew I was fucked up, but like to realize I'm this fucked up, this far into it. I mean, who's kidding who? I'm I'm like the eleventh or twelfth hole at this point. <laughs> I didn't know I was gonna have to go back and fucking change all the mechanics of my swing here. I had no idea. I had no idea. But no, I had a great talk with my uh, my wife after we had a. We had a nice, we had an, oh, we had a nice one. We had a nice one. Um, we had a nice one. But, you know, I went for a walk. That's the new me. I was like, you know what? I'm just, I'm just going to go for a walk. What am I going to do here? You know what I mean? This is like being at the DMV and expecting to get a satisfactory answer. I just said, you know what? I'm just going to go for a fucking walk. Okay? I'm just going to go for a walk. I'll listen to some music, you know? And I'll just keep walking until I don't care anymore. So, you know, but 
two and a half, three miles later, you know, I start turning around. I start coming back. I'm feeling a little dehydrated. Yeah. My organs shutting down, you know, prioritized whatever the hell I was upset about. And I came in. I just had this great conversation with my wife. And we got on the same fucking page. So, um, I don't know. I'm going to try to slow down a little bit if you can fucking believe it. I spent the last fucking 30 years just fucking working my ass off, which has been fun and it's been great. But I'm also realizing, like, do I want to be that laying on my bed? What'd you do? I fucking, I fucking worked every fucking Saturday. Fucking, you know, I don't, I don't know about that. I would like a few more days of just sitting down on a porch. What the fuck is the purpose of having a porch if you never sit on it? Right? I don't know. I'm all over the place. I stopped doing yoga. Fucking shoulders fucked up again. I just can't wait for this whole stupid goddamn lockdown bullshit to be over. I don't even give a fuck anymore. Because, like, at this point, when they have, like, a vaccine and people still don't want to take it, it's at that point you just got to tap out and be like, all right, just, you know, people still thinking it's just a flu. All right, go out and go get it then. I don't give a shit. I've been vaccinated. I, I don't give a fuck. I'll just wear, like, extra long turtlenecks. <laughs> oh, like that character in that stupid fucking, com not stupid, legendary comic strip. What the hell was it? Oh, Bazooka Joe. I thought it was that other one with Jughead and all of them. Um, anyway, sorry. Just fucking empty in my brain here. Like fucking, what is it? Almost 10 or 6 in the morning. Um... I was watching some true crime with my wife last night. I don't know why. She's like, I think even SNL did a sketch about that, how women like watching those true crime shows. Um, but we just sit there and we watch them. We, 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 I swear to God, so many of them, we, we don't even agree with what they came up with. Um, as far as like who the fuck did it, there was just some fucking twisted people out there who like rather than breaking up with somebody, they kill them. I just like, there were a lot of fucking psychos out there. You know, like who's kidding who? Like breaking up with somebody just fucking sucks. And if you're listening right now, you know what I mean? Like, listen, I had to break up with people in, in my past and the thought definitely went through my head. Would be like, what if they just got into an accident and died? <laughs> so then I wouldn't have to have this conversation. Then you'd be like, oh, man, I can't think that. But that's, that's the difference. What a psycho goes, hey, wait a minute. Right? Do you realize how psychotic you are that you think that killing somebody and then trying to get away with that is going to be easier than just sitting down with somebody and being like, hey, you know what? I'm not happy. You know, I thought this was love, love, but this was just more like friendship love. And, you know, I want more than that. And that's what you got to say. You can't be like, I think you deserve more. No, fuck, don't pussy out then. Just fucking keep your foot to the floor and be like, I want more than that. All right, this is about me. I love like you. I like love you. <laughs> That's not enough for me. You know, I love my buddy, but I don't want to marry him. You know, 
It's kind of a love like that. That's the way you go. You know what I mean? Like right now, if you're listening to this podcast and you're on your way to Home Depot to buy a tarp because you think you're going to, you're not going to get away with it. Just fucking break up with them, you fucking lunatic. You're going to find somebody else. Um, anyways, well, you know, this is what happens when you go to bed watching fucking one murder show, murder story after another. My wife, I don't know what she said, told me that she likes to, she, that she watches it because as a woman, like you think that, I guess, you know, what would I do if I was in this situation? How to recognize these signs? So I, I guess I kind of understand that. Remember a long time ago, uh, I had this thought, like, like as a man, like, you know, when you watch those behind the scenes in prison, you know, and you see somebody going to jail, you know, and you put yourself in that position going, how the fuck would I survive that? First thought, how would I prevent from myself from becoming somebody's boyfriend or getting gang raped, getting stabbed? Like that mindset that you go into, I re finally realized one day, like, oh, you know what? Women have to do that just leaving their house. Considering there's so many fucking guys out there that are stronger than them and are psychos, right? So I guess so. so she, I guess that's, she watches that show because she's trying to learn what not to do or signs. I don't know. If you listen to the beginning of this podcast, I sound like I'm out of my fucking mind. Maybe she's worried about me. <laughs> um, anyway, we're going to plow ahead, plow forward after that one. Um, so listen to this shit. So I, uh, my continuing saga of playing with the idea of buying myself my dream pickup truck, a Ford F-250. And... Um, I just kept flipping back and forth on that color, Velocity Blue. You know, it wasn't the blue I thought it was going to be. And then I went down there and I hated the blue. And then I came back and looked at it. I said, no, it's actually kind of a cool blue. It is fucking blue though, right? So finally the other day, a buddy of mine knew a guy that had the fucking Raptor version of the Ford F-250. Four-door, just like this thing was like the size of a fucking battleship. And he swung by my house, and I looked at it. And uh, it was a beautiful truck, but I, re I realized that that blue isn't for me. It's a, that, that is a hey, look at me blue, you know, where I'm looking for more of a hey, you know, fuck off, you know, nothing to see here blue. So I think I want the antimatter blue. Whatever, this is just silly shit. This is just a silly dream of a married man with two fucking kids that I, that I think I'm actually going to get that truck. But whatever, I, I do it every day. Every day I go on the website. I can build my dream F-250 now in under like fucking 35 seconds. I used to have to fucking, I know exactly what the fuck I want. Um, but so anyway, I called up a buddy of mine who has an in at Ford and can get me a, you know, a good deal. And he said, there's something going on there's a chip or something that the Fords need and like the production has slowed down. So if I was going to get one that, um, it would be a 2022 at this point, if I was going to special order one. 
So, which means 2022, there might be some new colors. So now I'm waiting to see what the new colors are. It's funny. They only have like fucking, you know, eight, nine, ten colors. And if you go back, back in the day, I mean, they had like, there was like fucking like 40 colors you could choose from. Two-tone and all of that stuff. These fucking corporate cunts, they just took the fun out of everything. I mean, I can't imagine, like, I would think that that would be fun in the, uh, I mean, who knows? They probably don't even have people like that, like, literally physically paint them. Does anybody work on, on a, at Ford or GMC, Chevy, one of these fucking places, Dodge? Like, how do they go about, is it just a robot now goes and paints it? Because I remember back in the day when, um, when I used to watch, uh, when Fast and Loud was on, and I used to watch Casey paint cars, I remember him saying after a while how he fucking, you know, when they just wanted to do a patina thing, how boring it was for him just to do a fucking clear coat. I mean, it's like writing with invisible ink, basically. Um, and how, you know, excited he would get when he got a little creative leeway to pick a, a cool color, you know, and basically tap into the whole fucking reason why he, you know, someone who paints cars gets into it. Because you look at a car and you, and, and you, you connect to it the color that would look the most badass on it. Um, for the life of me, I don't understand why corporate people just force the masses to choose between white, gray, or black you know, they'll give you a red and maybe a blue, and then you're just done. All the fucking colors in the universe, they're like, yeah, go fuck yourself. These are the, these are the colors. Um, I mean, in the 70s, you could buy an orange pickup truck. <laughs> Two-tone. They had something called, like, fucking, you know, let me, listen to these fucking colors, man. I'm just going to, we'll just pick a year. What do you guys like? Huh? You like? Let's say 1973 Ford F250 colors. All right. Jesus Christ. Look at them. And right there, there's a fucking bright orange one. All right, here we go. Ford truck color. Oh, of course, this is on fucking eBay. Oh, zoom in. Here we go. All right, first of all, there was one, two, three, four, five times one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine times five. There was 45 fucking colors to choose from. Now, now you couldn't get these in all. Maybe there was, let's see here, one, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven times five. This is for Ford trucks. So you had 35 colors to choose from. They had wind blue, Baja beige, winter green, saddle tan, Tampico yellow. I've seen that with white. It's fucking gorgeous. Yankee blue, Durango tan, Tidewater aqua, Rangoon red, pure white, uh, Fiesta Tan Boxwood Green. A buddy of mine has one of those. Has a boxwood green with white. It's fucking gorgeous. Sequoia Brown Poly Hot Ginger. <laughs> That's the one I would have got. Poly. I like to think I'm a hot ginger. Diamond Green. 
Aspen Tan, Royal Maroon. What a maroon. Um, Midnight Blue Poly, Holly Green, Brook Blue Poly, Mill Valley Green, Wimbledon White. That's their classic. Candy Apple Red, Bright Lime, Imperial Red, Shell White, Bahama Blue, Limestone Green Poly, Diamond Blue, Chrome Yellow. This is the last one here. Sea Pine Green, Scandia Green Poly, Mallard Green, Harbor Blue. I mean, what the fuck? And then you could get like two-tone combos, all of that shit. Now they just got Iconic Silver, Gray, Black, White. I mean, they give them cool names for the, you know, I don't know. I would think that that would be more exciting. And you would you would get more people to come and buy. I also had another idea. You know how there was a while for a while there, right? This is back when music videos were bigger, and I think rappers had a little more influence. You know, I don't know. I'm also not in that world, but like I just think rock stars and musicians had I think more influence on like fashion and style and that type of shit back when MTV was playing videos and everybody wasn't just you know on their phones and on the internet and you know whatever. But I remember, like, Jay-Z had his own sneaker, the S-Dots, the Sean Carters, right? I remember, the only reason why I knew that, because I was on tour with Charlie Murphy, and he bought, like, fucking five different pairs. So, and they were a big success, right? And I was always wondering, look, you look at Kanye West and the Yeezys, those are a big success. I've never understood why, why uh, a car company never partnered up with a rapper or a rock star or a country star and built like the fucking whatever like a, a car like the same way they had the sean carter sneaker you could have a sean carter whatever car he's into porsches mercedes country star like the fucking uh travis tritt fucking ford f250 i don't know anybody about country music you know and just you get somebody who's a famous musician who is so into cars or trucks that they literally think they have a problem, like that level of passion. And then the designers of the cars or the trucks just ask them, what's your favorite truck? What is missing? And there you go. Like they had the Eddie Bauer Bronco for all those years. I'll tell you right now, I'd bring back the full-size Bronco. And that little first thing I would do is that little console in the middle. You know, you could also, it's also a cooler. <laughs> you say, no, I know, because then you'd be promoting drinking and driving. But that option's only available if you live way out in the fucking sticks. Um, Hey, why, why can get people out here ride a motorcycle without a helmet? I can't have a full-size Ford Bronco with a cooler right by my elbow? I mean, shit, is this America or what? Um, yeah, so anyway. Um, I mean, that's what I would do. I'd bring back... I'd have way more colors to fucking choose from. It's so fucking nuts. Like, you can go onto, like, Adidas' website and literally design your own shell toe. 
These goddamn cars, it's just black, white, gray. Go fuck yourself. Supposed to be excited that Ford F-250 has one custom color? You know? I know all you fucking hipsters and fucking young people. Dude, just go out and get a wrap. I guess you could do. But doesn't that, like, one night, I guess that doesn't void the, the warranty. Because if you went out and got a whole custom paint job and they really did it right they'd have to take the whole fucking thing apart and then there goes your warranty and then you got to hope that the paint shop is going to put the thing back together better than they are at the factory and they're not they're not gonna they just don't they're not going to be better than those fucking soulless robots sorry all right um i watched a couple of games last night i watched uh the ending of the edmonton oiler winnipeg jet game I love watching Edmonton. I love that fucking team, man. It's a fun goddamn team to watch. You know, aside from the obvious. Um, I almost said Taylor Hall. Uh, Connor McDavid. Uh, but, like, you know, Dreisaitl. Uh, I just like that whole team. Nugent, Hopkins, Nurse. I like their defensemen. I just a fun fucking team to watch. They're never out of it. Um and I also like just watching Canada versus Canada hockey. Just feels like the most purest form of the sport. Even though, you know, it's a bunch of Russians and Europeans for the most part. Um, it's still fun, though. I watched the, the ninth inning of the Angels versus the Rangers. I'm really into baseball this year, man. I think trying to slow my fucking psychotic goddamn brain down is... Um, drawn me back to baseball but the, the Red Sox man 16 and 9 in first place four and a half game lead over the Yankees as a true Red Sox fan I completely ignore the Devil Rays and the Blue Jays who are three games and four games out you know it's not like they haven't had great teams Rays are great every year it seems fucking Orioles man always in the basement when the fuck are they going to turn that thing around they were such a great team when I was growing up 60s, the 70s, and the 80s. You know, they were going to the World Series. It felt like every four or five years. Um, they won it, what? They won it in 66. They won it in 70. Uh, they lost in 79. Then they won in 83. And then they just, it just, the whole fucking thing went away. Um, Royals are fucking tearing it up. 15 and 8. I love the fucking Royals way back in the day. Uh, Jesus Christ, they're just going to run away with that division, huh? It looks like it. 15 and 8, then the White Sox are 12 and 10, and then everybody else is under, is under 500. The Tribe are 11 and 12. Twins are 18, 8 and 15, and the Tigers are 8 and 16. Uh, that was my dad's team growing up. He liked the Indians and the Tigers. Uh, and then the Athletics, look at them, playing 600 ball. And then the Astros, you know what they should do? They should fucking, their, their team song should be, get it on, bang a gong, get it on. <laughs> I love how everybody thinks they're fucking cheaters. I just saw something the other yesterday. I literally saw something yesterday. Whitey Ford, the great fucking New York Yankee used to scuff the, the baseball with his wedding ring every game and then put mud in it. I mean, just everybody was doing something 
to get a fucking advantage, you know? The whole fucking thing. Your team cheats, but mine doesn't. Oh, Jesus Christ. Santa Claus comes to my house, but he doesn't come to your house. Um, anyway, all right. Let me do a little, little fucking read here. Let me do a little read here. Oh, look who it is. <coughs> Indochino. Uh, discuss how little things or small gestures can mean a lot in a relationship. Share an example. Oh, my God. Little things. Little things are, are the biggest things ever. In a in a in a relationship, you know what I mean. Before you get out of bed, spooning with your wife, hugging her, telling you that you love her. You know your wife. You know, getting off her fucking ass once every fucking three years and making you a sandwich. Just something little like that. It's just it's amazing. Ah, <laughs> oh, Jesus! You know one of the great little things you could do. For- the person you're with, at the end of the day, you you fucking give them a foot rub, especially if you're old. Jesus Christ. People next door think there's a porno happening. It's like, nah, she's just rubbing my foot. Ah! <laughs> All right, sorry. All right. Um, love is defined by the little things that matter the most. With Indochino, the perfect custom wedding suit with every detail accounted for, is more affordable than you might think. Oh, you got to go Sinatra and get your own fucking tuxedo here. Share a story of a surprising way a couple you know has met or an interesting way they show their love. Uh, I got nothing on that one. Wait a minute. What? I I mean, I, I don't know. I don't ask people about their love life. So how did you two meet? Fuck, that's such a great question if you ever go, if there's ever parties anymore. So how did you two meet? Can you believe this weather? Um, every, every piece is made to your exact measurement and you can customize every detail. I mean, I think that should be enough, Matt. So that's amazing right there. From breathable linen fabrics for warm weather weddings, Georgia, uh, to statement linings. You can create a suit that fits in your style perfectly. Say a little bit, of, a little something about yourself. You're not an off-the-rack kind of person. You got style. You're a person. You need people to see you. See me? Um... The best part, Indochino suits start at just $299 with all customizations included. 300 bucks. And you're walking down the street with a suit no one else has. Shop the wedding collection or book a virtual style consultation at Indochino.com. Right now, you can get $50 off any purchase of $399 or more by using the code BURR at checkout. That's $50 off. A purchase of $399, $399 or more at Indochino.com. I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O.com. India, November, Delta, Oscar, Charlie, Hotel, India, November, Oscar.com. Promo code BURR. All right, you got to go custom suit. If you can do a custom suit for fucking what? 
399 minus 50 bucks for 249. No, 349. Sorry. Suck it, Matt. It's a great way to start the marriage off. She sees you coming down. Holy shit, he gives a shit. He cares. You know, and that's also a good way to find out if you're marrying a psycho. Why'd you get a custom suit? Huh? Is there somebody else? Are you trying to track somebody else already? Then you can be like, hey, does anybody have any fucking reasons this guy doesn't want to get married? I do. I do. Because she can't handle my Indochino custom fucking suit. Okay? And if you can't handle that, that is the tip of the iceberg. And there is no fucking way I'm sharing a bed with you for the rest of my life. That's really what it is. That's what it is right there. All right. Here we go. Man living alone on an Italian island to leave after 32 years. I've been living alone on an island mentally since 1974. Uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. You should see this guy, man. He looks like he's been living alone on an island. And they did nothing to try to make him look better. And then they photoshopped some fucking island behind him. This is what people looked like before there was lotion. My God, it looks like you unwrapped a mummy. Um, I'm too vain. to. Oh, he's 81 years old. You know what? He doesn't look that bad. My fault. I thought he was like 36. Well, that would mean he got to the island at fucking 32. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Not 32. 32. If he's 81, I'm all fucked up here. Four... He'd be 36 years old. That's what it is. All right. So he's 81 minus 32. He moved there at 49. Yeah, I can see that. Yep. If you're going to live alone on an island, right around 49, I can see that. That's a good age to move. You know, you do it when you're too young. It's just like, all right. You don't know how to talk to chicks. You're fucking, you're freaking out too much. You, you, you're thinking, you're thinking, you're getting too far ahead of the game, you know, but at 49, okay, you gave life a shot, you tried it, you, you tried it, okay, I'm going to get that one bedroom apartment, I'm, I'm going to go to Ikea and I'm going to buy some stuff, you know, when you're sitting there, am I feeling it, is there a sense of happiness and fulfillment, not yet, not, oh, what are those Crocs? Is that what everybody's wearing? Oh, I'll fucking get some of those. Hey, I got a girlfriend. Let's let's go to the Olive Garden. You, you gave it. You gave it. A, I'll get into the local team. I'll buy the merch. I'll know all the stats. <clears throat> you gave it a shot. And it didn't take. And usually, at that point, you got two choices. Well, you got three. You know? One is to roll credits, which you don't want to do. <laughs> Second, you know, you turn to some sort of fucking mind-altering shit to numb the pain, which is never good. Or three, the healthiest of them all. You just fucking walk away from society. Let's listen to this guy's story. All right. Uh, Maru Morandi, 81, moved to Budeli off northern Sardinia in 1989. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down that wall. I don't know when the fuck that it was right around then, right? 
Well, he was already out by 89. That was George Bush. Not going to do it, right? Um, Mike Dukakis sticking his head out the fucking tank. Last year, however, Mr. Morandi said the owner of the island, which is famed for its pink beach, wanted him to relocate. Well, I mean, you know, for a guy that owns his own island, to let a guy live there rent-free for 32 years is pretty fucking cool before he gets vilified. Um, the, the guy on the island, uh, Mr. Morandi, said, I will leave hoping that in the future, Budeli will be protected as I have protected, pr- protected it for 32 years, he wrote on Facebook on Sunday. Oh, we love the island and nature. I like this guy. Speaking to BBC Outlook in 2018, the former physical education teacher, oh, he was a gym teacher, said he had always been a bit of a rebel. I was quite fed up with a lot of things about our society, consumerism and the political situation in Italy. Uh, yeah, he must have been real fed up if he walked away from the best food on the planet. Mr. Morandi said, I decided to move to a desert island in Polynesia, away from all civilization. I wanted to start a new life close to nature. This guy actually gets life. As fucking nuts as this guy seems, this guy gets life. Although it would have been nice if he brought somebody with him, you know. Or maybe he gets life more than me. That this guy can actually fucking be alone. Anyway, after beginning their journey by sea, he and a number of his friends, oh, they had friends that they were going to do this with them. He and a number of friends landed on the Italian archipelago, uh, I don't know how to say that, of La Maddalena, where they planned to work and make money to fund the rest of their travels. But after arriving on Budel and meeting the island guardian, who was about to retire, Mr. Morandi decided to stay and has remained ever since looking after the island and speaking to tourists. Jesus Christ, can you imagine if you fucking pull, you didn't know he was there? It's a deserted island, and all of a sudden this guy comes walking out from behind the ferns. Is that Tom Hanks? Are they doing a sequel? Um, however, he has faced a number of eviction threats over the years. In 2020, the president of La Madalenina's National Park Fabrizio Fonessu uh, told CNN that Mr. Morandi had carried out illegal alterations to his hut. Oh, for fuck's sakes. A former radio station dating back to World War II. That's what he lived in. How fucking cool is that? A petition calling on Italian government to allow him to stay gathered more than 70,000 signatures, but on Sunday, Mr. Morandi announced the decision to leave, telling the Guardian newspaper that he would move to a small flat on the nearby island of uh, La Madalena. My life won't change too much. I'll still see the sea. You know, wasn't that a nice, that was a nice heartwarming story. You know, I know he never found love. He did, he found it with the sea. In the fucking island. Jesus Christ. I mean, what? I, I want to talk to that guy about his fucking existence. Just waking up, not being like, ah, fuck, I got to do this podcast, and then I got to go run over here, and then I got to rehab my fucking shoulder, and all of this shit. You know? I got to, oh, what, what, what are we, Instagram? Everybody's going over to TikTok? I got to go over to fucking TikTok now? He didn't have to deal with any of that shit. You just fucking wake up, be like, all right, 
I think I'll climb up that tree and have some coconut water for breakfast. (laughs) Then every once in a while being excited when tourists showed up, all of them trying to get away from jeggings and fucking crocs and flat screen TVs that they get on a boat and they come out there and they see him happy as hell living in a fucking World War II radio hut. And that guy gave people a you know, great perspective. Good for him. Uh, all right, that's it. The family's going to be getting up soon. So I got to go do that shit. Oh, Billy taking it easy. Oh, Billy slowing it down a little bit. You know, before my fall tour, before it gets crazy again. Uh, what is today? Today's, it's almost the end of the month, right? It's got to be what, the 29th, 30th? What is it? The 29th. All right. There you go. Two months without cigars or anything else. Uh, I'm thinking maybe I'll have a cigar when I fucking watch the Kentucky Derby. Although my first thought is, but then, dude, you're going to start that bullshit back up again. Um, We'll see. We'll see what the fuck happens. I don't know. Um, Anyway, um, that's the podcast. I was just checking in on you, just like that guy in the island, like he just pulled up. Hope everything's good with you. I hope you get a chance to sit on a porch and eat a sandwich. You know? Just fucking chill out and not look at your fucking phone, you know? Because I'm so self-involved that I think that you suffer from the exact same things that I do. Because the universe exists between my ears. (laughs) Sorry. All right, have a great weekend, you cunts. I'll talk to you on Monday. Bill Burr, and it's the Monday Morning Podcast from Monday, April 29th, 2013. How are you? How you doing? I am in a fucking phenomenal mood. Absolutely. I'm in a great goddamn mood. You know why? You know why? Because I'm not even mad right now that my cell phone is ringing this fucking early in the podcast. I'm not. I'm not. You know what's funny? That cell phone just made me completely lose my train of thought. That's how simplistic my brain is. It goes in a straight line. One fucking thing knocks it off track. And I just, I, I forget where I was going. Why am I in a great mood? Oh, I know why. Because the Celtics showed that they have fucking hot. And the Lakers lost. Got swept. Disgraced. Humiliated. And I loved every goddamn second of it. You know, and you know why I am. I, okay, I'm back on track. I feel fucking vindicated after all these Laker fans, you know, were t- tweeting me, Facebooking me, MySpacing me, friendstering me, saying that I'm just a hater, you know, which is the classic thing that somebody says when they can't refute any points that you made. They go, Oh, you're just a hater. As when I told them that the guy that they constantly sit there and call and chant MVP at, is 
is a fucking cancer on that team. It's a fucking cancer, and they just can't see it. Because I'm not saying all of them, but just because they, they everybody plays these fantasy fucking football, baseball bullshit. All they look at is stats. All right? Let me tell you something, Laker fans. When you're not eating your pot cookies and body fucking boogie boarding or whatever the fuck it is you guys do, you know, when you're not laying back at the chair at the fucking dental office getting Botox in your fucking head, even though you're only 19 years old, why don't you just put yourself in the position of the other players on the Lakers? All right? You wake the fuck up. Get out of the sun. Stop frying up your goddamn brain. Just use a little bit of common sense. Listen, I know after the games when Kobe walks off with 10 seconds left during a loss because he got his 37 points, you know, that afterwards when they ask the other Lakers in front of the camera and they go, oh, you know, how did you feel about that? And then they just go, well, you know, uh, Kobe, he's uh, he's a competitor. You know, he's one of the best that uh, ever played the game. And, uh, I mean, he wants to win. I mean, we all do. And uh, that didn't happen tonight, unfortunately. And uh, all we know what to do is to just keep – I can fucking do it. You just keep working hard. And uh, Did you uh, have any sort of uh, – did it annoy you at all that he walked off court? No, no, it didn't bother me. Uh, you know, every guy uh, has a different personality. I mean, you can just fucking gracefully navigate that minefield and just say all that bullshit. I would fucking give a million dollars if I had it to listen to the other Lakers on the team, their cell phone conversations when they leave the Staples Center, talking to their fucking bros, you know, going all Paul McCartney and John Lennon. Fucking sick of them. You know they're coming out of there and they're fucking Range Rovers and they're fucking $100,000 Mercedes just driving out going, can you fucking believe that motherfucker's one? They can fucking, you know, I'm wide open. I'm wide open. Kobe, right here, right here. Yo! Fucking guy takes a turnaround jumper with three guys hanging off on 10 feet behind the arc. I don't care that it went in. <laughs> I'm telling you right now. Dude, what the fuck would you do, okay, if you were at some 4-H club and you're supposed to build a tree fort, you know? And you're holding up the board and you're supposed to hammer in both sides. One cunt just hammers in his side then just fucking walks away and the whole thing collapses out of the tree. And he just walks away and everybody else at camp is laughing at you during the loss. And he's fucking already back eating a popsicle stick in the fucking log cabin. How would you feel? What would you be saying? You know? I'll tell you, if it was televised around the fucking world to all the 4-H's and your goal was to continue being in 4-H's, you do exactly what the other fucking Laker people do. You just sit there going like, well, you know, uh, he's, uh, he, he loves building tree forts and uh, it's really in his heart. And when things don't go well, he gets upset. And, uh, you know, all we know how to do is just to get out there tomorrow. Actually, your voice would be way higher. Actually, all we know is to uh, go out there tomorrow and uh, try to build another tree fort. <laughs> I love it. So the guy, he gets injured. All right. Now you can actually sit down and maybe watch the Lakers. You get maybe get to watch Steve Nash do what the fuck he does, distribute the goddamn ball rather than pass it to Kobe and then sit there, you know, I don't know what. What do you do with that after you pass it to Kobe? I mean, you might as well just fucking sit down, you know, take a little cat nap or whatever. 
I was actually looking forward to that shit. And what happens? What ha- What is the cancer? MVP. What does this guy do? He starts tweeting during the game, criticizing the fucking coach. Laker fans, you can't read through the lines when his coach said uh, he's a fan now. That's what fans do. And then Kobe, like, laughs it off. That, right, read between the lines. He's saying this guy's one of the biggest cunts I've ever had to coach in my life. Even when he's not on the court, he's still fucking up the chemistry of the team. All right. Did Bill Russell ever tweet during his Celtic career? All right. You get the point. You know what I'm saying? I feel vindicated. How about those Celtics? How about those old-ass Celtics? I was really nervous that they were going to get swept. And um, I don't know. I, 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 I got to be honest with you. I, I didn't watch one second of the Celtics series. I've, I, I, I can only pick one sport, you know? So I've been watching the Bruins, and I got to tell you, man, I have never been so fucking frustrated with the team in my life. Jesus Christ. The first two periods, we come out, we play great. Play great. We always score every fucking game I watch. We score two fucking goals. And we look phenomenal. Until right towards the end of the second period or the third period, when the whole thing just falls apart. I don't know what's going on. I, I'm actually, I just think it's one of these years. One of these years where you can't, I, there's no way, I can't figure out what the problem is. Nobody can figure out what the problem is. And unfortunately, somebody's going to have to pay for it. Because when you don't get where you want to be, Either the coach has to lose his job or somebody has to get fucking traded. Um, I don't know. It was like watching the, uh, I mean, this is obviously not as bad, but a few years ago when the Red Sox, when the wheels fell off with them, and rather than everybody just sitting down being like, all right, we won two World Series. We obviously know what the fuck we're doing. Okay, let's try to figure this thing out. Everybody started pointing fingers and the whole fucking thing disintegrates. And it was like watching Van Halen break up, you know? David Lee Roth left. Van Halen brothers go over this way, you know? And, and are they better for it? Did they ever make a better album than those first, what, four or five? They never did. They never did because they fucked with the chemistry. Um, so anyways, this is the Monday Morning Podcast. I'm your wonderful host, <clears throat> Bill Burr, and uh, I got a buddy of mine, up-and-coming comedian uh, Danny LaBelle. Has a uh, has a new comedy album that's coming out. This isn't a commercial. This is just I'm just a nice little promotion for a friend of mine. Uh, the name of the album is called Some Kind of Comedian. Uh, April 30th tomorrow. The album, unless you're listening to this years in the future, then it's already out. But if you're listening to it today, April 30th tomorrow, Tuesday, 2013, April 30th, the album is out in stores. And it'll be on iTunes, Amazon.com, etc. It's recorded in Scotland, which I think is cool. You know, gives it a nice different flavor at the uh, Glasgow Comedy Festival. Danny LaBelle, it's called Some Kind of Comedian. Uh, check it out if you want. What's great is if it's on iTunes, you can listen to some tracks. If you like it, you can download it. If you don't, you don't have to. But either way, don't fucking start bitching at me. I like this guy, and I think he's funny, okay? Go fuck yourselves. All right, back to the podcast. Um, where the hell am I? What the hell did I want to talk about? <laughs> After going on and on about that. You know, I, I've been reading this Daily Mail thing. You guys go on this website. What's the deal with Daily Mail? Um, did I already get rid of it? Oh, no. There it is. This is the most insane fucking website. 
They just got, they got, I love it. They got stories all around. They got one here. This, this is a bad one. Boy, two and 10 month old brother died after exhausted Australian mother left them in the shower and fell asleep for 10 hours. Jesus Christ. What the fuck was she on? Huh? I was really tired. And I slept for 10. You don't sleep for 10 hours unless you've been doing what? Blow for three days. I guess some people can sleep that long. <laughs> That's fucking. I mean, I know I shouldn't be laughing at this shit. That's a bad one. Then they got this other story. It says you've got a uh, you got a friend in me, Zena, the warrior puppy rescued as it was starving to death, now changing the life of an autistic boy. And you got to see this picture of this dog. When they found it starving, it looks like a fossil with fur on it. It already looks like it's dead. Somehow this thing comes back to life and is now helping this kid that has autism. All right? So there's one for you cat people. You ever found an emaciated, fossil-looking fucking cat? All right? And you nursed it back to health, giving it milk and whatever and a little box for it to shit in the house and give you that look like, yeah, you deal with it like cats always do. All right? Do you think at the end of that journey that it would then fucking help out some autistic kid. You think a cat cat doesn't have a fucking ability to do that? You know, they don't because they're a bunch of cunts. So there you go. The, the two debates have ended today. Dogs are better people than cats, and the Celtics have more heart than the Lakers. That's just it. Okay? And I'm also going to fucking check off Kobe is not the fucking MVP. All right, Kobe is, if you're in fantasy football, fantasy basketball, that's the fucking guy you want on your goddamn team. He's not even in the game, and he's still affecting. He's got to sit there and tweet and criticize his own goddamn coach. Oh, my God. That guy earns the K, you know? In cunt. Um, all right, on to some other shit here. And I know it's been a lot of, oh, it's been pretty much nothing, nothing but sports talk this week. Um, this one actually transcends sports to show that everybody in sports is not a fucking meathead. NBA star Jason Collins comes out as gay, making them, him the first openly homosexual athlete on a major American sports team. Now, other people have come out, but always after their careers. And uh, I, don't know, I think it's fucking great. I've said for years I wanted it to be a football player who was the most fucking, like, like a Ray Lewis-level guy. I always thought that that would be fucking hilarious just because not only, because it's just an extra level of way to talk shit to fans of the other team, <clears throat> you know, which I guess is probably homophobic to be like, even our gay guy's kicking the shit out of you, you know, like there's not some tough gay dudes out there. So look at this. I'm learning things, too. Here it is. NBA star Jason Collins came out as gay today in a revealing interview. But how many people are going to lose their jobs trying to write a Twitter joke about this one um, or their endorsement with some fucking insurance company? Uh, making him the first professional athlete in American sports uh, to come out as gay. Ah, what, somebody else's? Has a soccer player come out? Oh, Jesus, that's an easy joke right there. I'm not going to step in that fucking minefield. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to be mature throughout this entire story. 34-year-old basketball player opened up an interview with Sports Illustrated amid much speculation about rumors that the major athlete would be coming out of the closet. 
the initial reports came from the National Football League as a number of straight players said that they would support a teammate should they reveal they were gay. Yeah, why wouldn't you? I got to tell you, the shower's got to be a little weird then, you know? Hey, is this, is this fucking dumb? Should they have their own showers then? Or at least play, pay a cover if they're going to go into the shower. <laughs> Should they have to? I'm going to open this debate with my own moron. Should they have to pay a cover charge when they go into the, the shower with everybody else, with all the other dudes on the team, you know? <laughs> I mean, what the fuck? What if I was playing in the WNBA? They wouldn't let me go in the shower. He's going to walk in there with a stinger, right? They would all be flipping out. That's a fucking very ignorant yet interesting point. You know, everybody on your team is in shape. They're all got their abs and their pecs going. You can't tell me that's not a fucking enjoyable experience. That would like be like me. If I got to walk in and shower with all these Victoria's Secret models, and they'll be like, ew, get out of here, you creep. What? I'm just like you. I also like wearing high-heeled shoes with feathers, right? I don't know. Either way, I'm fucking around. I think it's great. It's about goddamn time. And uh, I think it's fucking hilarious. I guess there's so many morons that are sports fans that I, I wish that I was in a sports bar when this came out. And just watching fucking guys' eyebrows and fucking getting all twisted up. Uh, what? It's sports. You're not supposed to be gay. Um, I think it's great. Good for him. Good on him. Who's he play for right now? I, I never. 30, oh, the Washington Wizards. Come out as gay. Oh, my God. Did they, 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 did they make the playoffs or not? I have no idea. I have no idea. But I can guarantee fucking to you. Somebody, somebody's going to lose their job trying to make a joke or somebody's going to, uh, oh, Jesus, you know, all those Bible Belt people. If he ever plays a game down in like fucking, if he plays the Grizzly, they're going to be standing outside the team bus. You are going to hell. That's when you know you're a moron. When, when you fucking, you make one syllable words Two syllable. You're going to hell. He's in Bayard. Um, what's the one? And they always do the one about the chick. I can't fucking remember. My brain's fried. People, I've, I've been on the road this entire month. Actually, this entire fucking year. I figured it out. And I can't even remember the numbers. We're like something like. 17 or 18 weeks into this year, and I've been to like 20 cities. All right? I really don't know what's going on in the world. This is how fucking out of the loop I am. I knew that there was an explosion in Texas, and it took me two, three days before I I read something that let me know whether it was an accident or another fucking Timothy McVeigh psycho. All right? So I do the... Um, I do the... Uh, what did I do? I did Dallas. I'll take you through my week. What was it? Wednesday? The fuck is today? I don't even know. So Wednesday or Thursday, I went to Las Vegas. Um, and I did a private show. Um, they, they go, you got a private show. 
in, uh, in, in Vegas. And I didn't even ask who the fuck it was for. I was like, oh, making some money? Yeah, I'll go to Vegas. I'll walk around. I'll take a fucking steam. It's one of my, the only time I ever take a steam is when I go to Las Vegas because every fucking casino has one. And um, it's the greatest fucking experience of your life. You know, you walk in. First of all, everybody in there is always like 80 years old. <laughs> For some reason, old guys love taking a steam. The only time you ever fucking go in there, right? So I always go in there. And uh, you got to go in there also with like an extra towel because you, as you're sweating the impurities out, all the impurities are sitting on your skin. And if you don't fucking wipe towel off, you just absorb them back in or a lot of them, the ones that don't drip off of you or whatever. So you fucking go in there. You have a great goddamn time. You and some other like fucking guy looks like Mr. Hooper from fucking Sesame Street, you know. And uh, you come out, your fucking pores are open, you fucking shave. You're not going to have to shave for like another three days unless you're one of those hairy apes. And uh, then you go upstairs, you take a fucking nap. You sleep like a goddamn baby, right? Unfortunately, I came in too late, so I wasn't able to do all this. Um, so anyways, typical me like an asshole. I'm one of those – some comedians are really organized, and then you have other comedians like myself where as I'm going to the airport and either Nia or the taxi guy is going, what airline? I'm looking it up in my phone. Um, so I get there and I go, who am I doing this this uh, this private show for? And they said, oh, it's, uh, it's a poker tournament with a bunch of oil men. There's like 10 billionaires. The rest are millionaires. And there's a couple of bankers there. Right. So here I am now feeling like fucking Beyonce. You know, when she performed for those dictators after all my time talking about, uh, you know, blood money and all that shit. Here I am going out there. I should have put on a little glitter dress and danced like a fucking whore. And I go out to go do this benefit. Right? Because I just said yes because I saw the money. So right now, all my credibility, you know, beyond me being a moron is out the window at this point because I still did the gig. Right? So I go down and I do the gig. And uh, I got the funniest, the weirdest fucking applause break. I actually had a great time. And I enjoyed afterwards. I was shooting the shit with a couple of them. They were fucking hilarious. Like just their whole perspective. Being in Hollywood that is so goddamn liberal to then perform for these oil men. And, you know, they're talking about, you know, I was making fun of them talking about fracking. And like, what the fuck? It works. I don't give a shit. You know? Poisons the water supply. I ain't drinking it. And they're all laughing. And I made some sort of reference to a bird covered in oil. And then I just started doing this rednecky character. Going, well, what the fuck? You know how to fly? Get out of the oil, you dumb motherfucker. Dude, applause break. <laughs> I thought they were going to get mad. I was kind of breaking their balls. They thought it was fucking hilarious and this doesn't make them any worse than anybody else they're just like everybody i meet on the road they are 100 percent immersed in the deal that makes them still be able to put fruit loops on the table so anything positive about it they fucking love and and I, that's what i've found that's what i've learned through traveling is that people love their own deal
and they think that their deal is the only deal and it's the only way to go. And anybody who's against it is a fucking cunt. And that includes the most liberal fucking people on the planet. You know, if you listen to liberals talking about police officers and that type of shit, like they they do like reverse Fox News, you know. So. So I did that gig and uh, had a fucking great time. And then I flew to Dallas the next day. Did a did a YouTube video, made one of those tours of the city. Had a great time there. Fucking show was amazing. Crowds were unbelievable. It's a combination of crowds being unbelievable, and I've done so many shows, so I'm really on my fucking game. You know, I'm not like going up there shaking the rust off, trying to figure out what comes next. I've just been on my fucking game, and. So, okay, well, I remember what I was talking about, trying to get to, like, how out of the loop I am. So I'm driving down. It's me, Verzi, and Tom Lewis, the guy who films all of my uh, tours of cities. We're driving down to Austin, Texas, going down the 35, eastbound and down, loaded up in a truck. And Tom's like this fucking, like, he just researches everything. So we're on our way down, he goes... He's like, there's this insane bakery. Because me and dumb Paul Verzi, we were just going to go to an IHOP, you know, and get pigs in a blanket or just, you know, whipped cream on it. Just dumb shit you could get 10 feet from your own house, you know? So he goes, no. He goes, if you guys can just hang in there another 10 minutes away, it's this place called the, the Czech Shop, like Czechoslovakia. And they have these fucking insane um, breakfast foods and all this type of shit, right? So we go down there and... um I walk in there, okay, and I can instantly tell it's not a chain, or maybe there's a couple of, I don't know, maybe it is a chain, I have no fucking idea. I go in there, all I know is I see a bunch of locals sitting there, standing in line, lines out the fucking door, basically, and I'm like, all right, this is going to be some good shit, and they make all, like, these little, like, breakfast sandwiches. I'm trying to find this thing here, and this is what I ordered. I ordered a hot chubby with cheese. And I have not been able to say that without laughing. I snickered when I ordered it. It was a spicy sausage in like this this honey bun with like cheese in there. And uh little Czech's bakery. And this is what this what it's right in Waco or Water, Texas. I'm a fucking moron. I'm sitting there and I'm watching all these people walking in there, like three, four, five people dressed all in black, red ribbons, and I'm going. And I'm sitting there eating it with Verzi, right? A couple of morons sitting there. I go, these people either just came from a wedding or a funeral. I'm guessing it's a funeral. Look at that. Look at misery on their face. And then Tom gets in the car, and he tells us that we're literally like an eighth of a mile from where the fucking place exploded. I've never felt so fucking dumb in my life. Like, this is like one of the biggest stories in the country. I'm sitting here an eighth of a mile from it. People are coming from funerals for loved ones, and I'm eating a fucking spicy chubby with cheese going, I don't know, did they go for a wedding or a funeral? That guy looks kind of sad. My face actually turned red from embarrassment. Embarrassment of my own fucking stupidity. Um, it's fucking horrific. <laughs> there's, no, there's, no really, there's nothing even funny about that story. What I'm basically asking you guys is why do you tune in every week? If you're going to listen to somebody this dumb. All right. And with that, asking you why you tune in every week, we got some advertising. 
Uh, LegalZoom.com, everybody. All right. Look, you got to have a plan for your future. You do financial planning, you get insurance. Uh, but to get to peace of mind, you've got to make sure your family is also legally protected. So where do you turn for affordable legal protection you can trust? Simple. LegalZoom.com. For over 12 years, they've been helping Americans get personalized wills, power of attorney, legal trust, and real estate documents, and more. LegalZoom also helps start and maintain businesses with incorporations and LLC filings, trademarks, and copyrights. The whole deal. Their time-saving service was developed by a team of experienced attorneys, and LegalZoom takes care of you from stat to finish. LegalZoom documents is one of the greatest points here. LegalZoom documents have been accepted by courts and government agencies in all 50 states. All right? LegalZoom is not a law firm, but they can, be, they can contact you. Whoops. They can connect you, sorry, to an attorney and provide self-help services at your specific direction. For even more savings, enter Burr, B-U-R-R, in the referral box at checkout. If you're a parent or an entrepreneur, don't wait any longer. Call or visit LegalZoom.com and protect what's yours. All right, there's one Z and here's number two Z. You all know it. I don't know how many times they got to keep saying it. People, sit down today, look in the mirror, and ask yourself one question. Why do I keep going to the post office? Why would I keep going to the post office when I can do everything at home? With what, Bill? What can I use? Stamps.com. Stamps.com, you'll never have to go to the post office again. It's phenomenal. You, get a, you can get official U.S. postage for any letter or package using your own computer and printer. Uh, no need for one of those expensive postage meters. Stamps.com offers more features than a meter at a fraction of the cost. No hidden fees or long-term meter commitments. Save up to 80% compared to a meter. Plus, you'll never have to go to the post office again. In fact, Stamps.com offers special postage discounts you, can get even at, you can't even get at the post office. Um, I use Stamps.com to send out all my DVDs. And I, ladies and gentlemen, am a moron. If I can figure out how to use that scale and use my printer, you can too. So don't be intimidated if you're an oldie like me. Right now, use my last name, Burr, B-U-R-R, for this special offer, no-risk trial, plus a $110 bonus offer. Includes a digital scale and up to $55 free postage. Don't wait. Go to Stamps.com. Before you do anything else, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage and type in Burr, B-U-R-R, that's Stamps.com, enter Burr. All righty. That was painless. At least it was, well, you had to listen to my reading. So I guess, you know, ah, go fuck yourself. Uh let me close this out here. Yes, I don't want to save that. Hey, when you download stuff like this, does it slow down your computer after a while? Should I be like erasing these reads every week? Um, all right, let's get to some questions for this week, everybody. Um, dear Bill, really enjoy your humor in the podcast. Well, thank you very much. That's very kind of you. But please stop telling people to pay off their homes and to not refinance when the bank calls with a new loan vehicle that saves them money and is a no-brainer. I am a real estate appraiser. Oh, what the? Of course you are, you cunt. You're in the business. If these people stop refinancing, I'll be out of a job. Oh, I get it now. I just turned 50 and have no other skills. So unless I can open for you on the road, what do you say we take it easy on this fragile economy and keep a lid on the unemployment? Thanks. So to save your job, you want me to look the other way and tell all these people to fucking refinance? 
And even though they're six, seven years into their mortgage, you want me to start them right back at the beginning at payment number one for 30 years? You know, at least they're with all that front-ended loaded interest started all over again. You know, you're kind of blaming the victims here. I don't understand how we all ended up under the thumb of these bankers. I could see if they initially started off with uh, mixed martial art training. And then after they won the championship, they then got into banking. Then I could see why everyone would be so afraid of bankers. But the fact that they're just a bunch of pencil-pushing jack... When's the last time you saw a tough banker? And I'm not saying they're not out there, because I know I'll get emails. Dude, you see this guy down at the local branch? This kid could have gone pro at left fucking tackle, but he blew out his knee. Um, what, are you actually trying to tell me that, that it doesn't save them money? That's, that's the illusion of it. It lowers your, your, your mortgage payment for the month, but it prolongs your interest. And in the long haul, you end up paying way more money. And you're asking me to co-sign off on like years more of indentured servitude to these banker cunts. I can't do that. I have ethics. I do private shows for oil men and bankers. <laughs> Listen, sir, if you can tell me, if you can write me back, let's, let's make, we'll make this a two-parter. If you can write me back and tell me how that's saving them money. And don't do that while they were paying two grand a month for their mortgage, and now their minimum payment is 1700 so it's 300 off. I want you to do, do the math. Go through the 30 years of it and their interest and all that, okay? You're not going to be able to write me back and say that they're saving money. They're not. It's a fuck-over. And it's a very easy fuck-over to read that when the bank reaches out to you and says, hey, you want to save money? Hey, listen, we were sitting here trying to figure out how we could make less money off of you. It's a fuck-over. All right? I've already done my filthy deed this week, tap dancing for a bunch of fucking oil men. You know? Ah, who the fuck am I kidding? What am I supposed to do? You know, do, have I come up with some sort of alternative <laughs> fucking source to help your car going? <clears throat> I don't know. Whatever, sir. I'm one of the biggest hypocrites you're ever going to find. I know your deal. You want people to refinance so they can what? Continue making their, their payments? Listen, whether I tell them to do that or not, like none of the laws got changed and the banks got these houses back to do it all over again. I told you that story a few weeks ago. The guy who sold me my house, he goes, dude, you bought it the perfect time. You can get like another 50 grand for your house if you sold it today. He goes, the market's exploding. And he goes, I've never seen anything like this. It's like, what are you talking about? You've been selling houses for 10 years. You lived through the fucking biggest bubble ever. And I, you know, oh yeah, you think so? He doesn't give a fuck. They don't give a fuck. So don't fucking come at me with your hat in your hand and talk about this fragile economy when you know what you're doing out there, all right, with your fucking three-card money. Jesus, that got a little fucking, got a little, uh, little chippy. All right, hair loss or sex loss? Bill, I'm sure you've heard of Propecia. Heard of it? I used it. <laughs> I used it, and when I ran out of it, I just had that honest moment with myself. And I was just like, there's no way there's not going to be a side effect. Okay? There's always, a, there's no way. There's just no way. There's no way this thing, okay, I'll save my hair but damage my liver. 
you know, what do I need more? You know, a full head of hair or a functioning fucking liver. You just, you know, you just got to bite the bullet and turn and just turn old. Just age gracefully. You know, I try to keep my hair short. I try to offend as little people as I go through the slow process of seeing what my skull actually looks like. (laughs) He goes, I have a lot of friends on it that say it sort of works. Definitely slows down hair loss by doing something. However, apparently the drawbacks is no boner. Oh, is that I don't know. I don't know either way on that one. That's uh, that's some barroom stuff. I think that it that can that can happen to some people. I have no fucking idea. He said, so do you choose hair to get sex or choose no hair, which might mean no sex? Is this some sort of sick joke by the pharmaceutical companies? No, you're fighting nature. Listen, dude, I'll tell you right now. All right. There's women out there that think a shaved head is sexy. Not all of them, but there's enough. All right? There's enough out there that you can keep going out banging women. You know? Some women find a shaved head fucking, they, they like it. Turns them on. So, listen, this is the great thing about women is they can see beyond what you look like. Okay? If you come in there and you got a little swagger and you're funny and you're fucking, you know, shaved head shows confidence, dude. You're like, fuck it. Preemptive strike. You guys are walking out on me? Well, you know what? I'm kicking you out the door. And you take out your clippers. You know, I buzzed my head down a few years ago. I fucking loved it. And I took all the jokes. Oh, when you're cancer patient, oh, fucking make a wish. Blah, 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 blah. The Peter's out after a couple weeks. You know? I don't know. I go back and forth. I go back and forth. I, I mean, I go literally from doing, maybe I'll do the fucking hair transplant to all the way back to I'll fucking shave my head again. I have no idea, but I got to be honest with you, dude. It, it, it doesn't, the vibe you're bringing is going to be way more. Listen, do you really want to get with some girl who's with you because you have a fucking, a, a nice big cowlick on top of your fucking head? And if you didn't have it, then she wouldn't be with you. You know, going bald is like driving a piece of shit car. It really keeps the whores away from you. <laughs> All these fucking idiots with full heads of hair driving around in flashy cars. You see what happens to them. Look what happened to Mel Gibson. He should have just gone bald, but he didn't. He kept fighting it, doing shit up there, drove around in a flashy car. I had to give up my fucking Laker tickets. You know, flipping out. Flipping out. You know what, dude? Yeah, don't take those fucking drugs. Those drugs are brand new. And the side effects that they're talking about, I'm telling you, is just the shit that they're letting on to cover their asses that they said that there was some side effects, okay? From what I've overheard in bars, the people on the FDA, half of them used to work for these pharmaceutical fucking companies. So they got the nuts running the fucking nut house, all right? And you're just going to be, you're going to be a little lab rat if you start taking that shit, all right? So I would suggest not doing it. Let nature take its fucking course and do what I'm doing. Wait for the cure, And I guarantee you, it ain't going to come. So just fucking man up and go bald, you fucking pussy. Okay, do what I'm doing. Just slowly let it happen. (laughs) Uh, A year from now, I'm going to have fucking hair plugs, and I'm going to be performing for dictators for a New Year's Eve gig. New Year's Eve gig. Uh, Be best friends with Beyonce. I didn't see my itinerary either. I didn't know who it was. I literally used the same excuse. 
for performing for oil men. Um, anyways, loner. Hey there, red-haired reindeer. Um, love everything you do and listen to you as you're, as you has changed my life. Ah, Jesus. All right. Now this one isn't going to be on me. Love everything you do and listening to you has, oh, has changed my life. Sorry. That is on me. However, although I am more comfortable being myself now than I was before I listened to you, I've got a dilemma. I don't know why, but I don't leave a lasting impression on people. Oh, God, dude, that's one of the saddest things ever. You just said you're forgettable. Hey, you know what you should do? You should turn to a life of crime. You know, don't hurt anybody. Just go in with an unloaded gun and start robbing convenience stores, right? Get the money you take off, and then fucking when the cops come, can you give us a description? Yeah, you know, that that's the funny thing about him. You know, he just, I don't know if it's because I was so scared or the fact that he just was just so forgettable. I, okay, he, I know he had an arm because he was in a hand because he was holding, ah. Uh, Anyways, I go to a community college, and for some re- unknown reason, my personality doesn't attract anyone. I lost all my friends from high school. They all moved on with their lives, and the people in my college don't notice me. I'm very eccentric. Jesus Christ, dude. You sound like you should be on some list here, man. Please tell me that you're not going to fucking start reading about chemicals. All right? He goes, at work, everyone loves my crazy-ass personality and my spontaneity, but these two-faced cunts are such liars. They always say, oh, we should hang out. But every Monday, I always hear about their stories of them going out without me. I've tried to make plans, but they easily flake. Please, Bill, your podcast keeps me sane, and you can only make sense of this. Um, P.S. You know that polite, fake personality everyone has when they first meet someone? What if a girl has that personality only around you and no one else? Is she uncomfortable with you or likes you? Oh, Jesus, dude. Jesus. Um, all right. Oh, fuck. Oh, how do I fucking cut out? How, how do you, how do I reenter this fucking atmosphere without burning up? Um, listen, this is what you got to do. Okay. You can't give a fuck whether people hang out with you or not. All right. I, if I, if I had to guess, I'd say maybe you're trying too hard. You know, take a deep breath. Just fucking relax. Come in on Monday. Say what's up to people and go about your business. That's what I would do. All right. And stop trying to hang out with them. You know, take this new fucking relaxed approach. Go into a bar and just be chill. Don't have a crazy ass personality and be spontaneous because I think I'm reading into that. You're trying too hard and you're freaking people out. Just fucking chill. All right. Just fucking chill out and relax. If that girl has a fake personality around you, that does not mean she likes you. I think you're freaking people out a little bit. I'm not trying to criticize you here. I think you're just trying too hard because the fact that your friends from high school took off from you, you might be, you might be a little self-conscious. So now you're questioning who you are and you're trying to fucking amp, ramp up to this energy level that you're not normally at. So it's, it's weirding people out. So I would just fucking chill, you know? But, but please do not fucking go to work and do something crazy because there's a lot of that shit in there that made me fucking worried about you. All right. <laughs> just fucking. I'm telling you, just like I said to that dude going bald, just fucking go bald. 
You know, somebody makes a joke about it. You laugh. Yeah, it's fucking awful. God bless you and your full head of hair. And then fucking make fun of this shirt. There you go. Um, I hope that helped out, sir. All right. All right. Viking twins. And oh, Jesus. Viking twins and Jesus. Bill, I know you're tired of relationship advice, but this may. But maybe this will be different. Um, Here's the deal. I'm having goddamn twins in September. Well, congratulations. I've been married for nearly six years now. I love my wife, and I'm definitely stoked on having children with her. However, while she is a Christian, I am not, and I am a little concerned. And then what what does he write? All fucking greedy? All fucking ready. He wrote that. He wrote that all as one word, everybody. If you think I'm dumb. And he wrote, he wrote all is A-L. No spaces, okay? Stop rolling your eyes, feeling that you're smarter than me. Um, he says, I'm a little concerned about what our kids are going to learn if we decide to go to church and whatnot. I'm just not sure that I want my children to learn about hell and sin and all that other bullshit. Um... That's just not a story for fucking kids, you know? Like, you be, be you better be good, or when you fucking die, you're going to burn for goddamn eternity. I want my kids to be happy. I don't want them expecting a bitch slap from some imaginary figure if they tell a fucking lie or something. Kids should be innocent and full of wonder and gay and all that shit, you know? <laughs> That's so funny how guys can't just write happy stuff. You got to somehow tap out, you know, they should be happy. They should go sledding and all that shit. You fucking cunt. You know, we always got to do that. Anyhow, I'm not exactly sure what Nia believes, but you guys, but if you guys had kids, would this be an issue for you too? No, neither one of us goes to church. Um, Another, so we're going to go to hell. Um, Another problem is that either way sucks. If they believe in hell, they'll live in fear. If the little shitheads believe what I believe, they'll think they're just going to, Goddamn rot in the fucking ground and disappear when they die. So they'll be bitter, cynical, and fucking miserable, just like their father. Now, I disagree with that, because I think he just go into the ground. That's what I think, but that's not why I'm bitter and cynical. I'm bitter and cynical because of, like, that fucking email that I got from that 50-year-old real estate guy who wants me to side with the banker cunts. And no one will pick up an axe and go into these gated communities and get these pencil-pushing pussies. You know? And every fucking week, we work, and we got to take our fucking check and take it down to the goddamn bank and give it to them. You know? Acting like this is a safer place to have than stuffing it in your mattress. You know? You might as well stuff it in a mattress. You're never going to walk in, and your mattress is going to have a lock on it and be like, yeah, fucking, that's closed. Go fuck yourself. And I know what other people are saying. Well, you know, what if somebody breaks into your house? Does anybody look under the mattress at this point? It's such a cliched place to put a couple hundred bucks. You know, I don't fucking know. You can't win. That's why I'm cynical. That's why I'm cynical. Okay. Because, you know, I, I'll talk to hockey fans. Okay. And they'll have the biggest dirtbag piece of shit intent to injure guy on their team. But because he plays for them, they don't give a fuck. And they'll put them in their ring of honor. And then if somebody does something to their team, then they're flipping out going, that guy should be out of the league. That's why I get bitter and cynical is because it's depressing. It's depressing that, that 
the amount of people that just look out their own heads. And, you know, if it's good for me, then it's fucking good. And I don't give a shit. And they, uh, you know, they lack uh, empathy. That's why. But not because you're going into the fucking ground. So I, I, I wouldn't equate it to that. Um, anyways, my solution thus far is just to go Norse, you know? No, I don't. Die in fucking battle. Die in fucking battle, sons, and you'll get to be members of the... Anarhard Jar, I don't know, this is some Lord of the Rings shit. Fight and die every day, only to be resurrected at night to feast with Odin and Valhalla. I don't know what any of this is. Something when you and your fellow ghost warriors fight the fucking wolf and Fenrir until the end of time. That's a badass speech if I knew how to fucking pronounce it. That's one of those things where you're walking around with that thing on your arm for a falcon to land on. When you go to shake hands, you grab the other guy's forearm. Um, he goes, I think that's the way to go. I have absolutely no idea how to really relay these concerns to my wife without offending her. Yeah, I mean, considering you're writing me, I get it. But I think I care enough about my kids to make this an issue. My kids are going to be complete, completely mediocre and never accomplish anything. They're, there's no need to heat. Oh, what? My kids are going to be completely mediocre and never accomplish anything. There's no need to heap hell on that pile. What do you think? All right. Well, I was with you until you said your kids are going to be mediocre. You can't say that to them. You got to give them that head start. You got to build them up. And see, now I got, and I got to talk to you about two things. Um, I mean, I don't know. You're, you're really far down the fucking road. Six years in, and now you're having kids to finally bring up the religious issue. This is really something that should have been discussed before you got married. But I get it. You fell in love with this person. You can't. Pick who you fall in love with, as they say. Um, I I would just sit down and tell her what you told me. And then when she was like, well, why did you bring this up six years ago? Use the line I just said. Just say, because I love you. I saw you and I, 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 there was nothing I could do. I fell in love with you. I think you're great. And, you know, now I just want to discuss this with you. And I'd like to do it without you crying and making me feel like a bully because I, I, you know, these are half my kids too. So what if once a week, every every other week, you scare the shit out of them and every other week we go into the backyard and I dig a hole and go, that's where you end up. You can sort of balance it out. Um, yeah, dude, I don't know. I don't know how to do it other than you just have to sit down and talk to her and just say, listen. I don't mind spirituality. I don't mind, you know, believing in a higher power and everything. But I really think it's a lot to heap on the whole heaven and hell thing. And uh, I think when they're young enough, when they go to church, they're just going to be bored and not know what people are talking about. And I think it'd be a great thing for their self-esteem if you and I didn't drive away and try to communicate all that hell shit to them. All right. Maybe she can still take them to church, but just keep reinforcing that this thing loves them, all right? That is a fucked up thing to just bring that into their lives. You're going to burn forever. Have fun playing Frisbee. Um, All right. Pro Flowers, everybody. Mother's Day is coming up. Huh? Who's better than your mom? No one. All right. Did you give your mom a hard time growing up? Of course you did. Of course you did. Were you like me? Did you get into a fight with your brother? And after he slapped you in the back of the head and you grabbed the garden hose and you tried to spray at him 
through the fucking screen of the kitchen. You flooded the kitchen, right? And your mother came out with a wooden spoon and beat it over your head until it snapped in half. Did you do that? Of course you did. Isn't it time? Did you take out the car and wrap it around a pole? Then they got sued by the family that fucking makes the telephone poles? Of course you did. Don't you think it's time? Something that may be... uh, Are they giving me, like, suggestions here? I know to make it funny. Look at these suggestions. Talk about how you're making up for it by sending her profile. I'm not going to talk about stuff that's not going on in my life. I'm going to talk about how the fact that I love my mom. And I love my girlfriend, so I'm going to get him flowers. Is there an easier way to do it than proflowers.com? Absolutely not. Proflowers has one dozen rainbow roses for $19.99. Or you can double the roses and get chocolates plus a premium pink vase for just $29.98. That's 50% off. You just need my code, BURR, B-U-R-R, when you order to get these special prices. You get a colorful bouquet of roses, or is it bouquet? Is it bouquet of roses that will make your mom smile? This offer is just for my radio listeners. Um, it's a listener favorite every year. Come on, man. You guys got to do more than just send your mother a card. Women love flowers, you know, and she's going to love that you care. Even though you've gotten older and you're married, you're still remembering dear old mom. Profiles are guaranteed to last a full week or your money back. You know, see if you get a, or a sweater. She wears it one day. She puts it in the drawer. You get her the flowers with that beautiful vase. She's going to see them all week. All right. So here's the deal. The only way to get this amazing Mother's Day deal is to go to proflowers.com, click on the microphone in the top right-hand corner, and type in Burr, B-U-R-R. That's proflowers.com. Click on the microphone and type in Burr. Order now. This special pricing expires soon. Yeah, do it right now. Just get it out of the way. And then the pressure of Mother's Day, you know, you're not going to have to worry about running out, going to CDS, trying to pick out the last fucking three cards that are left. You don't want to do that. All right? So there you go. All right, last read here, everybody. Uh, did I already do this one? Ah, Jesus, there. Uh, e-voice. Oh, I like this one. E-voice is the reason you're going to make more money in 2013. How do you like that for confidence right out of the gate with their copy? They are the reason you're going to make more money. Uh, when your customers call, you'll have your own toll-free number, professional greeting, dial-by-name, directory, and more. You'll sound like a Fortune 500 company and blow away your competitors. You'll sound like a Fortune 500 company even though you only have three employees. You could just have one employee. And they'll make you sound like you got this giant factory already. And you're somebody to get in business with. eVoice lets you give out one number that rings wherever you are. The beach, the bar, it doesn't matter. You'll sound like you're at the office. Yeah, unless people are screaming in the background. I mean, we have to go to... I guess you go into the bathroom. Um... You got to go to evoice.com and use the promo code Bill. Evoice takes, oh, evoice even takes all your voicemails, transcribes them, and sends them to you instantly as a text or an email, so you can check your voicemails before the meeting ends and not look rude. Evoice is only ten bucks a month. For a long time, my listeners have been able to get free trials, free trial of Evoice for six months, but that's about to come to an end. Okay, so guys, make sure you sign up for your free trial of, of Evoice between now and the end of the month which is literally tomorrow, and get your six-month free trial before it's too late. Come on, guys. I want you to get you out of them cubicles if you want. All right? It's your last chance to try this great service for free for six months. Go to evoice.com. Use the promo code BILL. That's evoice.com, promo code BILL. Or just go to the podcast page on billbird.com and click on the evoice banner right now. All right? There you go. Okay.
back to the podcast. And what better way to go back to the podcast by reading this lovely email, this lovely email right here called Getting Cockblocked by Jesus. You know, Jesus. Um, that would be hard. If he came walking in, performing miracles, full head of hair, Chris Christopherson beard, you know. He's got that robe. All the chicks, oh, my God, do you have anything underneath it? Um, hey, Bill, love the podcast. I'd really like to hear your thoughts on this experience. I'm going through with a lady. All right, at the end of last summer, I met a girl, and we hit it off immediately. She's one of those girls. Oh, wait, I forgot to, add, I forgot to mention that uh, I'm going to do a, a neologue this week, a neologue. And I know a lot of people are asking, why is she not doing her podcast? And it's because our house is gutted right now. And she's being an absolute trooper, and she's handling most of the bullshit as I'm out on the road. Okay? But she's going to come on and do a neologue this week, and one of the topics is going to be the first openly gay athlete. All right? I'm, gonna, I'm actually going to ask her that question about the shower. Um, shower love. Every now and then I get a little bit something and a something and a something. Um, at the end of last summer, back to this guy, cockblocked by Jesus, I met a girl. And we hit it off immediately. She's one of those girls who's not only gorgeous and sexy, but she's really cool, too. Oh, top shelf. Uh, we've got a lot in common, and I'm totally into her. I've seen her regularly since then, and she stayed with me a few nights. Uh, we've, had we've had absolutely mind-blowing sex during those nights. Ah, oh, Jesus, dude, you're going to fall hard for this one. I'm already in love with her. I don't even know her. Uh, but most importantly, we have fun together, and we connect on a personal level. So I decided to take it to the next level and see if she'd be into dating on, a rec on the regular since we've been hitting it off so well. That's when it gets interesting. She says she is a Christian. I, on the other hand, am definitely not a Christian. Although I've studied religious writings for many years, I don't consider myself to be a religious person. But since I'm not a Christian, she's really reluctant to date. But she'll fuck your brains out. Dude, I, I don't know, man. I think you, you might just have to enjoy this one. You know, it's like renting a car you can't afford. <laughs> Go out and take it on the highway, man. Have a good time with it and bring it back by Thursday. Um, but whatever, I'll keep reading here. Uh, the Bible says Christians should only date other Christians. The Bible says a lot of things that don't make sense in society now. Uh, my mother is a Catholic and my father is as non-religious as I am but they've been happily married for almost 30 years. It irritates the hell out of me that since I don't love Jesus, that she thinks I'm an unsuitable partner. I don't need to love Jesus to know how to be a good gentleman. Um, I treat her with respect, and I'm a good partner and a friend. What do you think, Bill? Literally, everything else about this girl and how we get along is stellar. It's a fucking shame to let that go. Thanks, Bill, and go fuck yourself. Um, well, here's the deal. I would present your argument, and if she still has a fucking problem with it and she just won't do it, then you know what you got to do? You got to walk away until your heart gets crushed by this girl. Or even worse, you talk her into something by just wearing her down into something she doesn't want to do, and then you're six years into your fucking marriage having twins like that other poor bastard, and you have to have that other problem, that big fucking conversation, okay? She's getting older, so, you know, she's going to have a couple of kids. She's not going to be rocking your fucking world. You know what I mean? You got a beer belly, so all the looks and all the hot sex is out the window, and now you're just fucking with this person, all right, that you don't line up with religiously. So that, that's, that is a big one. 
That is a big one. So that's what I would do. I would sit down and I would present my argument to her. And um, just lay it out there. Just say, listen, I really like you. Beyond a physical thing, I like you. You know, and I'd bring up the thing you said about your parents and they still get along. And then just say, but look, I don't want to get emotionally involved with you if you can't look past the fact that I don't believe in the bearded baby. Um, that's how I'd leave it. And then you know what? If she has a fucking problem with that, then you walk. You walk. All right? Or what you do is just hook up with her once every fucking 10 days. 10 to 15 days, you hook up with her, you fuck her brains out, you have a great time, and then, you know, you you walk away. You know? So you don't get drawn in. Like, I don't know. Being with somebody else, it's like uh, the more you see them, it's like fucking eating Doritos. You know, if you just take a few and you put them on a plate and then you leave the bag in the cupboard and you're watching a game, you know, you're not going to get up and go grab the bag. All right? But if you fucking got the bag there, you're going to consume the whole goddamn thing. And that's what the fuck you're going to do with this girl if you keep hanging out with her. All right? You're going to consume the whole fucking thing. You're going to be totally invested with your heart. And then she's going to walk away because you don't want to get fucking dirty fire ash put on your forehead every fucking February. Then you're going to be crying in the fetal position and you got to spend fucking goddamn year or two of your life trying to cry this bitch out of your heart. You know what I mean? Sit down and have this conversation with her. There you go. All right. Netflix documentaries. Hey, Bill, just listen to the, a recent podcast. In the podcast, you mentioned that you like documentaries. I love them. I absolutely love them. Documentaries are like reading for stupid people. You know, you get this like watching a book. Uh, unless you watch those Michael Moore ones or that one that that guy made about Nirvana. You know what I mean? Like Mo- Michael Moore should be like considered like video, like op-ed pieces. Um, you know, I, I and you can it's easy to tell. I hate to single that guy out, but that guy, I think, is one of the biggest offenders of somebody who's just like already has his mind made up and is editing around the opinion that he already has. And he's just, you know, taking you by the hand and leading you down to this absolutely fucking so ridiculous to one side. That guy to me is as ridiculous as fucking Bill O'Reilly. You know, I, I, I'd actually say he's more ridiculous than Bill O'Reilly. You know what I mean? Um, anyways, I don't like, I don't like talking politics. Here we go. Um, now I know you say you don't like football, soccer, but I know you love this. But I know you'll love this. It's called The Four-Year Plan, and it's about a team called Queens Park Rangers. They had just been taken over by a team of billionaires, including big names in Formula One. I love, by the way, I love Formula One racing. I never watch it. I always miss it. I always somehow, the season's weird. It starts in like February or some shit. I don't know. I I always miss it. But Formula One racing is like if you're ever going to meet James Bond, it's going to be at a Formula One, Formula One race. Like, you're just talking the, the richest people on the planet, the greatest bone structures of any people you're ever going to see, nothing but full heads of jet black hair and some of the hottest ass you're ever going to see in your life are at these things. It's insane. And then what I love about it, this sport is, is the level of intelligence to get that car to just go just a little bit faster 
And then it also makes sense that there's right and left turns, you know, and they race in the rain. It's re- it's re- it's the real fucking deal. I'm a huge fan of it. By all means, somebody let me know when the next Formula One races. It's not like I can't go on the Internet and find out. I, was it the Fuel Channel? I know somebody shows them. I always wanted to get that in just one year. Just follow it for the whole fucking year. You know, the Ferrari team and all those fucking Mercedes and all those great car manufacturers. Anyways, here we go. Somehow someone persuaded these Formula One people to allow a TV crew to record everything, which is basically them owning this uh, this soccer club. Um, in a nutshell, it turns out to show exactly how not to run a club. Spoiler alert. Here we go. This documentary may change how you see football. By the way, I'm from Birmingham, England, England and I support Aston Villa. My apologies because I know I probably said that wrong. I really don't know why I've told you this, but please watch it. It's fantastic. No, absolutely. I would, I would love to watch that. I'd watch one on, on uh, World Cup soccer. I, I, I like World Cup soccer, that the whole world is watching, and it really is a world championship when you win it. You know, those fucking horns that they were blowing, that really blew it for me uh, last time. I remember trying to watch it. I was in Vegas with Tom Papa. And uh, he had this show at the Orleans, and it was me and him doing this this comedy show. That was such a fucking great weekend. So I brought the lovely Nia with me, and we both went up to uh, to his suite, and we were watching. I was actually psyched that I found another an American that was into the soccer, and we were sitting there watching it, and that stupid fucking horns being blown the entire time. It just became this running joke. Is he? Tom started imitating him, just kept going. Wah, 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 wah. I can't remember. It was some sort of Jerry Lewis kind of fucking noise. And we would just be trying to focus on the game. And every three minutes, one of us would do our impression of those horns. And somehow it stayed funny for the entire fucking match. And uh, but that really that really hurt the World Cup. Like those those horns should be banned. Um, so anyways, whatever, whatever. I'm saying I'm going to watch that one. Did you say what it was called? Yeah, you did. It's called The Four-Year Plan. I'm definitely going to watch that. All right. Hey, Billy Boy, just wanted to give you a couple of good documentaries to watch on Netflix. Oh, look at me. I think I hit, I hit a nerve. I hit an artery. People are enjoying. Um, just wanted to give you a couple of good documentaries to watch on Netflix. I, um, the first one, The Imposter, is a really good one. Also, the wild and wonderful whites of West Virginia is absolutely hilarious. You know, I started to watch that one, and it's really fascinating, but there's, there's something about watching people who are poor. At a certain point, poor and uneducated, I have to shut it off because it, it feels like, uh, I don't know, it's like watching that, that Here Comes Honey Boo Boo I started to watch an episode of it, and, you know, I was kind of laughing along and everything, but when they went to this, that auction, and they were, they were basically auctioning off food that grocery stores couldn't legally sell, you know, it was kind of past the expiration date, or, and they, they were bidding on, like, old cookies and shit. Now, there's no way, it couldn't have been meat. Because you could kill somebody. So I know that. Maybe it, it was something about, it was food that the grocery stores couldn't sell. And these people were so broke. 
that they were buying, they were bidding on week old cookies and then like high fiving and excited when they won the auction. Like they just bought a fucking Shelby or something. I, I have to shut it off. So, uh, but it is fascinating. Um, what, the other one is, he said, one more is called Unguarded, the story of Chris Heron. Heron, I don't know how to say it. He, he was a badass high school basketball player out of Boston who threw his career away on drugs. Um, ugh, that's another rough one. to. I, I liked watching the ones where people, they win in the end. You know, but I'll watch that one. He says, love the podcast and you stand up. Go fuck yourself. All right. That is the podcast for this week, everybody. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it. And um, I have to tell you, man, this was one of the most amazing months in my stand-up career. All these beautiful venues that I got to perform in. It's really a blessing to be able to uh, do stand-up at, at, at a theater. And um, I wanted to thank everybody that, that, is, that has come out to my shows this month. And I, I really learned something this month about all these so-called B and C level cities. Like they're the shit. And, um, you know, people are so fucking appreciative when you come out to them. You know, I'm not talking like Dallas and Austin and that type of thing. I'm talking about when you go to like Tallahassee, you know, I mean, it's so ridiculous. I guess last week I kept calling it Columbia, but Charleston, South Carolina that I went to, I mean, that's an A level city. They had like fucking houses with $9 million dollars right on the water, but like just people don't go to them. Um, we actually, I know that I mentioned that I was going to do a tour of Canada and we were going to do it in the summertime and we realized how stupid that was that, uh, you know, you know, I've done a lot of stuff for the NHL um, going on their radio show and everything. Well, if we really need to promote this thing because I haven't toured Canada and I don't want to be in front of 40 people every show. So we took that tour, we moved it, to January of 2014 during hockey season where I can actually promote the thing so I don't go to fucking Thunder Bay and stand in front of two people. But, so that's kind of a bad thing if you wanted me to come to Canada. So I apologize because I know I said I was going to be there, but we are putting together a tour of all these the flyover states in place of that in uh, July. And um, some of the dates are going to be like Boise, Idaho, I know I got a date or two in Montana, the last state I need to perf- to go to. Then I've been to all 50. Uh, I remember hearing Deadwood, Kansas, I think Oklahoma, some places in Colorado that aren't Denver because I always go to the comedy work. So I'm going to try to get out there and maybe do another bus tour and hit all these places that uh, that I've never been to. And, you know, I, I have people come up to me at the end of my shows going, man, I, I drove four hours. I drove six hours and like these insane. Th- I drove here from fucking Iowa. And, uh, you know, so I think it's about time that I fucking drove out to where they're at. So that's going to be happening in July. I'll let you guys know about the dates as soon as they get solidified. And once again, thank you to everybody who came. This is how fucking great this tour was. I actually, you know, I ended up in um, in Kansas City. At the Midland Theater, and the promoter's girlfriend made all these cookies with my name on them and said the Midland Theater thanking me for coming out. It was one of the nicest fucking things anybody has ever done um, for me. And you know what's so funny? I have such a fucking sweet tooth. She made like 20 of them. I took them all home. <laughs> I stuck them in my luggage. And uh, some of them broke. But I have such a sweet tooth. Like, put them in this fucking Tupperware. I even poured the crumbs in there. 
So uh, my battle for, of not being old Billy Fatface, I'm fucking losing it. But uh, so, and as much as I appreciated that, please, somebody else don't do it to me because I'll become a tub of shit if somebody gives me cookies after every fucking show because I'll, I'll eat all of them. It's an embarrassing weakness that I have. Um, all right, that's the podcast for this week. Um, for people who want to get into the NHL, the NHL playoffs start tomorrow, I believe, April 30th, and I'm going to fucking... I'm ride or die with my Bruins, and I'm hoping just something because it's the playoffs that they can somehow put together three good periods. Um, I don't give a fuck. I'll always watch them. I love them. Go fuck yourselves. That's the podcast. I'll see you next week there. Yeah.